more and more restaurants are starting to utilize influencer marketing. People aren't watching commercials anymore. Everyone's skipping through them. Everyone can fast forward. They are on their phones. They are on social media. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Olivia from Utah Grubs. She has been a food influencer for six years at uh, Utah Grubs, which boasts 65,000 followers. She has taken incredible pictures. I found out about her not only because I love food and live in Utah, but because we also work with a lot of the same clients like Thirst, Curry Up Now, Susie Tai, Spitz, um, some incredible restaurants that are here in Utah. A What I need to let everyone know, Utah is a very underrated food scene. There's some great food here. So um, welcome, Olivia, to Give an Ovation. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So first of all, talk to us about why Utah Grubs. Talk to us about, you know, the the name and why you felt like the world needed Utah Grubs. Exactly what you were just saying at the beginning. I feel like Utah in itself is such an underrated food scene. I think that um, there are more and more restaurants popping up that really do rival those big cities that people go to for their food. Um, And I've always loved the food scene in Utah. My grandpa taught me that some people eat to live and some people live to eat. And I'm definitely the latter. I've always really loved finding new food. And uh, through Utah Grubs, we've been able to build a platform that helps spread the word about all of these restaurants that maybe a lot of people don't know about that are really, really good. Oh, I mean, and and uh, you mentioned Susie Tai um, on your Instagram recently, or actually, no, it was a while ago that I saw this. But you were talking about how good the food was there at Susie Tai. And literally, my wife and I will have dreams about their mango sticky rice. It is, it just, is so it good. It is so good. And the people that there are so just like salt of the earth. They um, really are. Just, just great, great people. And so it's really cool that you are able to get out there and really give some, uh, give some props to these restaurants. So thank you for doing that. Now, it's not... Uh, it, it takes time to do this, right? You don't wake up overnight with 65,000 followers um, on Instagram. And so how do you balance your, you have, a, you have a beautiful family, you've got a beautiful Instagram, Utah Grubs, and you're also, you know, run marketing for a great growing company. How do you balance all that? Oh man, it's hard. I've always been an extremely organized person. So I really try to structure every single day. I plan out, um, everything that I need to do in a day, I try and write it down in the morning and try and get to it throughout the day. But there's definitely give and take. I think some weeks I put way more focus and time into Utah Grubs where some weeks I can't because my full-time job is really busy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it definitely ebbs and flows. It's not equal every week. Sometimes I just, you know, have to give um, where it needs a little bit more attention. So it's definitely different every week, but I just try and check things off as they are higher up on the priority list. So how do you, how do you like schedule that out? How, how far in advance do you have your post scheduled? So we are actually, we've never really been that scheduled. Um, I kind of started a couple months ago, just doing it in my iCal where I have all of my different calendars. I ended up having 
a new calendar um, just for, you know, features that we had that week, making sure we don't agree to like a giveaway two in a day or something like that. Um, but really so far, it's actually really worked out to our advantage where uh, brands and, and restaurants are reaching out and it's never been too overlapping or too uh, time consuming. They all just kind of spread out nice and evenly. Uh, so it's been it's been great. Definitely. Um, some weeks are a little crazier than others, though. Yeah. And, and you do you take beautiful photos. You know, I'm, I'm scrolling through your Instagram right now. It's like I just ate and I'm hungry again. You know, like that's you, the goal. Yeah. Right. Um, so what what are some tips that you have for taking great pictures of food? Yes. So I've definitely learned a lot uh, over the years. It's not something that when I started Utah Grubs, it's not that I started it because I was a great food photographer and it was a natural fit. Uh, and I ended up having one of my friends who's an incredible photographer in Utah. Her name is Mandy Nelson. I asked if she would go to lunch with me and give me some pointers on photography because I felt like this huge photography rookie. So we went to Pizzeria Limone on 4th South in Salt Lake Love City. It. And she taught me so much. She taught me to be close to the windows, as close to the windows as possible, uh, really helps with food. So usually when we make a reservation at a restaurant, even if they don't know that we're Utah grabs or we're coming in to do a feature, they probably think that we're so weird or we're getting engaged <laughs> or something. They probably are like, okay, this must be an engagement. Um, but we really, we always try and ask to be by the windows just because the natural light is better. Uh, a lot of restaurants have really cool lighting, but it does make uh, pictures a little warm. So we'll try and stay away from having lights right over our table, which helps a lot. Uh, and then the last tip that she taught me, which now that I'll say it, you'll totally notice is she taught me that there's power in odd numbers. So to never have an even number of things in like an overlay. So if you go to take a picture, you know, of your table and you have like two plates of food and two drinks, you need to add more things. So it's not an even number. So we oh add my gosh, there's three protein or, bars <laughs> yes, oh my or gosh. salt and pepper. So there's power in, uh, odd numbers, which is really weird, but it's definitely worked. I try and have like seven things laid out on the table or, you know, there's no, it's not really symmetrical. It's kind of weird, but it, it helps. <laughs> Interesting. So what, what would you recommend? So restaurants who are, um, you know, looking to take good pictures of their food, just basically get, get odd numbers, get by the window and don't have like the light, don't take it at the table with the lights right above it. Yeah. Do you recommend having any portable lights that people bring? You can, I think you can definitely get away with just doing natural lighting. But then if, I mean, for a lot of these restaurant owners, they didn't go to uh, business school. They didn't go to a photography workshop. They're not expected to be experts at this. So there are so many people that we've met through our years on Utah Grubs that specialize in food photography and take pictures for menus. Um, I think having photos of your food on your menu is so helpful for people oh, to see yeah. what their plate is going to look like. And there are people out there that totally specialize it, can do the lighting on their own. So it might also be worth looking into contracting someone out. Okay. And is, and is that something that you do, by the way? I don't do that just because I think if I added one more thing onto my plate right now, my plate would just completely just shatter. Old. Yeah. Uh, but I do have several contacts so they can totally message me and I can send them in the right direction. And what about specifically uh, when you're looking at the, the food, right? How do you make sure that as far as like colors go, anything related to that? Uh, there's definitely places. Um, it's funny. Cause whenever we go to a restaurant, my husband, will, who's also part of Utah grabs with me, he helps a lot. 
he asks uh, when the, we we go to order. He says, "What what food is the most photogenic?" Uh, and the, and there's definitely dishes at certain places where they have this really cool fried chicken sandwich that's just tall and with slaw on it and all of these toppings that just make it look so photogenic. So we definitely try to uh, err on the side of what already looks really good because like a bowl of soup might not look as good as the fried chicken sandwich, you know. So. And and Definitely yeah, matter. that's a good point, right? But it's it is hard to make soup look good. Like it is <laughs> just like it's just yeah. anyway. But yeah. I'm not I'm not a soup guy. So yeah. neither here nor there. Okay, talk to me about cameras though. Um, I know we get and I know I appreciate Olivia you letting us get real tactical here because you know I really think that uh, there's a lot that we could all learn from influencers like yourself who are out there, you know, week after week taking these great pictures. Um, so what can you tell us about, about cameras and about depth of field? Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, a lot of it is trial and error. You might have a camera that you've heard is really good and it might not work specifically for food. It works better for like portraits and taking pictures of people. Uh, I started out with the, so I've always been a Canon girl. Um, mm -hmm. I started out with a Canon Rebel and now I'm at a Canon ADD. So 80D, it's a hard one to pronounce. Uh, but uh, uh, it, then from there, I've kind of switched up my lenses. So to me, I think the lens matters more um, than the actual body. So I've started with a 50 milliliter and I just felt like it was too zoomed in. It was too close. And sometimes I wanted it to be a little uh, farther back. So now I'm at a Sigma 35 millimeter lens. Um, but there's so much that you can learn about photography for so many years. I was only, um, taking pictures on no flash. Like I didn't know really how to work my camera. So I've taken workshops that I would love to recommend to other people on, um, how to take man, like how to shoot photos on the manual setting where you can just could be in much more control of how your pictures are going to look once you understand those settings when it comes to, uh, depth of field and everything like that. Yeah. Now way to go. When, when you go and do a, um, you know, do a shot at a, you know, do a feature, um, do you give the photos to the restaurant that they could use as well? Yeah, we definitely do. A lot of times they'll come back and ask, you know, hey, can we put this on our feed? Things like that. It's, it's not every time that they want to use our photos. Some, a lot of brands have a certain look and feel. Like if you mm -hmm. go to Cafe Rio's Instagram, it's definitely brand consistent where they have these bright shots of their burritos looking bigger and fuller than you'll probably ever get a burrito mm -hmm. looking if you were to go order it yourself. Um, so some brands like that, they don't care for our photos. A lot of smaller shops love the content, um, but it definitely depends on the restaurant and kind of their brand strategy. Now, speaking of brand strategy, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen restaurants do on social media? I think just being inconsistent with your brand and how it looks and how photos are edited in general. I think it's really important to, uh, and we can use Cafe Rio eggs as an example. Again, they do an incredible job at making their feed look very consistent with the lighting. It's always in that natural light. It probably all has the same filter on it. And it's just very consistent. Um, the fonts they use, they are consistent. The logos they use, they are consistent. Um, so just keeping up with that consistency, I think is really important. Now, in terms of consistency, you're mentioning that, you know, people working that you work with a lot of different restaurants and some don't like, you know, the specific pictures that you take just because it doesn't stay on brand. But what advice would you give for restaurants who are looking to work with influencers? I know there's been a, a recent a recent report came out that said in the year 2020 and 2019, 
influencer marketing has been the number one ROI, right? It's yeah. huge. You get very deep into, into these niche groups. Um, I mean, where else can you find 65,000 people that are interested in learning about food in Utah? Right. I completely agree. Um, okay. So Olivia, what advice would you give to people that are interested in doing influencer marketing for the first time? Like I said earlier, so many of these restaurant owners do not go to business school. They are not supposed, they are not expected to be well-versed on how to market their restaurant. Uh, and like you said, more and more restaurants are starting to utilize influencer marketing. We have restaurants come back to us after we post about them and go, what was that? What, what did you just do for us? And, uh, <laughs> we've, we've tried to gather as much uh, numbers as we can from an analytical perspective to kind of determine our ROI. And restaurants usually see about 30% increase in sales the following two weeks after they work with us, which is huge, especially oh for restaurants gosh. right now that don't even know if they'll survive the pandemic. Restaurants need to be utilizing influencers more for a couple of reasons. The first one is what you talked about earlier with Susie Tai. When I post Susie Tai on your feed, your wife and you can't stop thinking about it. Social media is where everyone is hanging out these days. It's where everyone is on when they are doing anything mindless. They are on social media. And so that's where their eyes are. People aren't watching commercials anymore. Everyone's skipping through them. Everyone can fast forward. They are on their phones. They are on social media. So by working with these influencers, you are getting your food and your restaurant in front of tens and maybe hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and then there's that crave factor that comes, right? Where if I see yes. something like now, all of a sudden I'm craving a Cafe Rio burrito because I am just like thinking of that picture that I saw on my feed today, right? So that's going to bring people in. Uh, the other thing is great from an educational standpoint of influencers do a great job at educating people about the restaurant. Like um, when I've done a feature on like Ruth Steiner before, I'm like, did you guys know this is the second oldest restaurant in Utah? Did you know that this is their specials right now? Did you know that these are what they're doing to stay COVID safe? These are the things that they are doing to stay COVID safe right now. Um, and there's just so much that can come from the educational perspective where influencers can like we, like you said, we have 65,000 followers. Restaurants generally don't have that much, especially local restaurants. They might have like right. a couple thousand, three or 4,000 is probably the most average of what I've seen. Uh, and so you're able to get your information, your specials, what are you doing for COVID, you know, guidelines, things like that, just in front of so many more people. And then the last thing I'll say is um, there's so many promos that you can do with influencers. We love working with restaurants and saying, um, go in and mention Utah Grubs at the register and you'll get a free drink. That is just driving in traffic left and right of people. Utah people love free things. Let's just say that. <laughs> who, they will, who doesn't love free they things? They will go Come in. On for, now, uh, <laughs> you just, you're surprised at what people uh, will do if it's free. Um, and so you can work with them from that perspective. All influencers, just going to your last point of like pricing and things like that, all influencers are going to work in different ways. Some people might just say it's an upfront cost. Um, I would always request a media kit from them because you want to make sure you're staying away from accounts that obviously bought their followers, things like that. Um, but ask for their media kit, make sure their engagement as well. Ask where their follower demographics are. If majority are in Utah and you're a local Utah company and you don't have chain restaurants around the nation, like the majority of their followers should probably be in Utah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they'll have different pricing structures. Some people might say instead of an upfront cost for every person that goes to the register and mentions Utah grubs, it gets a free drink. We're going to request a dollar or something like that. And you can make 200, 300 bucks off of things like that. So there's that affiliate way where you do an affiliate deal with them, or there's an upfront cost, but every influencer will probably be different. And then 
sorry, last thing uh, is just messaging them on Instagram, I think is a great way. Um, Or most of them will have their email, especially if they have a business profile um, and just email them. That's probably the best way to get in touch with them. Awesome. Now, what do you wish that all restaurants knew? Like if you can just imagine that you just had some kind of a form that you could talk to restaurant owners, imagine some kind of like a podcast, maybe Uh, what would you want restaurant owners to know? Honestly, just what we are talking about to utilize influencer marketing more. Like I said, so many restaurants are very apprehensive at first. And I'm like, what, what is, cause I mean, we probably only reach out to restaurants 20% of the time. And it was more before COVID. If our friends were like, Hey, have you tried this restaurant? I'm like, no, but that'd be fun to feature. Let me email them. We more just want to give them a heads up. Like, Hey, we're requesting to sit by the windows. We have a camera. We're going to be taking pictures of their food. I don't want them to think I'm like a food critic coming to like judge their food. And that's another important point is um, some, some restaurants might not want a food critic necessarily. And some might, some might want you to actually judge their food where Will and I have made a strong point from the beginning that we are food advertisers. We are advertising food. Will and I have different taste buds. We will both like the same restaurant and we will maybe both have different opinions about a restaurant. Uh, so we find it really important to just be more of a food advertising platform rather than a critic. So anyways, we'll give restaurants a head up, a heads up and say, we're coming in to take photos. And uh, a lot of restaurants are like, huh, who are you? What are you doing? Like, and just very confused. And then, like I said, they'll be like, wait, that was awesome. Like we've had so many people come in, we go into their table and ask how they heard about us. They say Utah grubs. Um, and it's just such an untapped market for restaurants where I think the more that restaurant owners can educate themselves about different ways to use marketing right now. Um, and, and you found me from Ethan's podcast, which I did with him all about influencer marketing. And Ethan does an incredible job with influencer marketing. So he can be another great resource to, um, you know, he has podcasts, he has his own Instagram account where he does a really good job at educating other entrepreneurs on what he's doing. And that's Ethan from thirst. He is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's great. Um, he's introduced us to a lot of great people as well. Phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Uh, so how do you feel switching gears just real quick? How do you feel about delivery versus in-person? As far as dining experience goes, yes. Uh huh. Oh man, I miss restaurants. I'll say it. Um, right. I I I miss restaurants. I love going there. I love supporting the staff that works at a restaurant, like the waiters and waitresses and whatnot. Um, I would say with delivery, I still think it's so important if you feel uncomfortable going and dining at a restaurant to still order from these local restaurants and businesses. And also call them before you order and ask if they have a like a in-house delivery service because most of them do. And most people are just ordering through DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats and whatnot, but they take a large chunk. I've yeah. I I wish I knew the perfect statistic and we can look it up after this and maybe put it in the show notes. But I think I heard that DoorDash and Grubhub and whatnot take about 35% of yeah, the total. Any, anywhere, anywhere from really, really big shops, they can get it down to the teens. But yeah, it goes up to like 35%. It's yeah. Just, it hurts. But it just hurts. And these restaurants are already, a lot of them are on a three to six month runway. I've seen if they're going to survive all this or not. Um, so I would definitely suggest calling people and just asking and saying, you know, we want to order food from you tonight. We're not able to leave our house. Maybe they're quarantining or maybe they feel uncomfortable, you know, driving up there. Um, if you can, I would do it that way, like getting it to go and actually going there. Um, but just asking and saying, like, do you have another delivery service outside of Grubhub and DoorDash? You'd be surprised how many restaurants are like, I'll deliver it for you. Because <laughs> then yes. they save that 35%. 
Uh, final question. What are you most looking forward to in 2021? Oh my goodness. Eating out again with my friends. I oh, go right. to a restaurant. I want to have our work Christmas party at a restaurant in a big private room with 30 of us. And uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to. The other thing is just, there's so many different ideas and things that we want to use to scale Utah Grubs and grow it. And we have a lot of fun ideas. It's just finding the time to execute them. So hopefully in 2021, we'll get that opportunity. Awesome. Well, here are my key takeaways. Number one, take good pictures, be close to windows, no lights from above, use odd numbers. Um, I, I love that. Uh, number two, be consistent in how you take the photos. Keep it looking like it's all this very similar brand. Um, number three, try influencer marketing. Again, it's got huge ROI. You get great pictures, uh, great way to get out there to an audience, especially when you're using niche um, niche influencers. Number four, order directly from the restaurant. Uh save the restaurant that money. It's great to shop local. It's better to shop direct and local. And lastly, come to Utah, try the food. It's delicious. So Olivia, how do people find you, follow you? We are at Utah Grubs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and then utahgrubs.com. Well, for keeping us fed and reminding us when we're hungry, today's ovation goes to you. Olivia, thank you so much for joining us on Give an Ovation. Thanks for having me. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.